Hello, and thank you for joining the North Point Church Lutes podcast. We're excited that you found us, and we pray that you'll come back often and listen again and again. Each week, we upload the content preached in one of the North Point Church services here in Lutz, and we pray that you'll come back and listen and marinate on what it is that God was teaching us. The more that these messages get into your heart, the more that you have the opportunity to be obedient and allow them to change your life. We believe that God is real and His Word is true, and that has the power to change your life. So let's lean in together and see what it is that God has in store for you today. Good morning, church family. Doesn't this place look amazing? Did you expect to come to church in the jungle today? Uh, wow, I, I'm completely blown away. The transformation from, I, I never thought I would get a chance to preach with uh, jungle animals. They're probably saying the same thing right now. <laughs> but what an amazing transformation that our campus has already begun. I, I feel like when you walked onto the campus today, you've come in here Discovery Camp has already begun, and I'm sure if you had children and they, they're this, their minds are blown, they're walking down the hallway, the lights and all that, it from, and even in the lobby, what an amazing transformation that our volunteers and the vision for this week. And really, I, I got to share you one of our core statements of North Point is that God is real, his word is true, and this has the power to change your life. That's the reason why the church looks like a jungle today. It's intentional. Because we want to interact and creatively engage students with the gospel and equip them to apply it to their lives this week. That's why Discovery Camp is happening for your kids and for the community's kids. I'm really excited because we have 140 preschool and elementary school students that are coming to the campus. Hey, you can keep the applause going because we have over a hundred volunteers that are coming this week. And so many of them, this is where I'm going to get excited. So many of them are middle school and high school students this week. And as the student ministry, yeah, you can applaud that because they're giving up a week of their sleeping in. <laughs> they got to be here at 815 most mornings. <laughs> My kids are watching this and they're like, oh. But as a student ministry director, I am really excited for that to, to see. And that's been the mantra of Ms. Brennan Banbury this whole time in preparing is that we want teenagers to fuel this. And I'm so excited as we kick this off this week. What an, what an, an amazing transformation and the volunteerism that, that created this place. We can't do it without our volunteers. So we're really excited for Discovery Camp. We're all going to get a little lost in the jungle this week. Uh, I hope that you'll stay with me as we unpack the message and unpack God's word uh, this morning. Uh, as a student ministry director, I'm Lance Courtney. If I haven't met you, uh, welcome. Glad you're here. I'm honored to be here. I'm so honored that Pastor Steve and the elders invited me to speak today. As you can tell, I came dressed for the occasion as we're chasing you're chasing our calling as a collective, as a church. But I wanted to give you a quick recap. If you've missed any of those messages, uh, and this is how I want to recap. In the first week that Pastor Steve kicked it off, he avoids running. <laughs> Pastor Josh has done some running. Pastor Steve Williams enjoys and goes on runs. Brian Griggs, our worship ministry director, he avoided talking about running altogether. 
And I love running. It clears the mind. Uh, and actually, uh, as I've been a PE coach and working in our kids' ministry throughout the years, I actually love the chase. You ever play tag with kids, right? You ever realize how old you are after playing tag with kids? Yeah, amen. Um, I, I, earlier this year, I was playing tag and chase, and there was this one little girl who was just so fast, and I ran so hard. I'm chasing, I'm chasing, because, right, you know, you, you, you see the kids you can tag. You know those kids. Then there's the spiritually gifted, overconfident kids who will do everything, and I... I realized how old I was when I tripped over the ground out here. And I still tagged her, though. I still tagged her. But I paid a price for that tag. So as we unpack, now I want to give you the real recap. And in week one, Pastor Steve uh, talked about is that we are called to run with endurance. To run with endurance. Is that we, we know that we've been called to bring glory to God and to point others to Jesus. Why? Because he is coming back soon. I think we've gotten away from that a little bit, but that is the truth. It's constantly was preached throughout the scriptures, but we still want to point people to Jesus. So we have to run this race of faith with endurance. Pastor Josh showed us on July 4th that we are called to unity, that we have a direct call to live in unity, united as one body in Christ. Pastor Steve Williams uh, led us and showed us that we are called to holiness, And that in being called to holiness, that we are called to abide with Christ. It's not that it's my way and his way. It's that his way is my way. And our worship director last week uh, brought a message that we are called to worship. And that the reality is that we all worship something, don't we? And that in that is that we must change our priorities and that we should have a pursuit of God's presence with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. This week, as we continue this series, Chasing Your Calling, I want to bring us that we are called to serve. We are called to serve. Maybe you've heard this phrase around North Point. You can't serve God without serving others. You've heard that before? Maybe you've even read that? Maybe you spent a little time in the cafe or it was on the other walls at times throughout the building. And it is one of our core statements. You can't serve God without serving others. And we were very intentional as we began to, to, to create those core vision statements of the church. And I was in the room where it happened. I was in the room where it happened. No Hamilton fans? No? In, in. Okay. When a joke fails, just move on. But do you really believe that? Do you believe that that's true, is that you can't serve God without serving others? Rick Warren says it, that we only do the parts of the Bible that we believe. Ooh, that's kinda, that kind of hurts a little bit, Rick. That's why he said it, and I'm just re-saying what he said. But I love what Brian pointed us to last week. He said that worship is not a spectator sport. I think most of us would agree with that. Whatever we're willing to put into it, we're willing to receive. And I would even expound upon that statement that he said last week. I would say that the life of faith, that being a Christian, it's not a spectator sport. It's not something that we're simply just in the stands, that we're just purchasing a ticket each and every week, and we're just coming and we're watching. That's not what we're talking about here. 
I want to read Romans 8.30 with you. And this was just a, a, an extra scripture. So this one won't be on the screen. So if you want to write that down, if you're taking notes, you have your journal. Uh, Romans 8.30. Because we're, we've all been called. And it's what Paul has to say. He says, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with him. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. Wow. Isn't that amazing? We know that we've, we've been called. We've been Put on to team Jesus, as you might call it. And we all are on the team and we're all ready. And we're ready to jump in when our number is called. Any baseball fans? Baseball fans in the room? Maybe a few. And, and, and it feels like, again, uh, baseball, it's America's pastime. And some of you are saying, like, yeah, in the past. <laughs> it, it is kind of, you, you have to have this enjoyment. And I grew up listening and watching baseball. My family, we grew up, we were Braves fans because growing up in Mississippi, uh, we, that was just kind of our closest team to kind of link to. And so uh, my brother and I, we would listen to the games on the radio or we'd watch them on uh, TV if we could. Uh, and the concept of, of baseball is that, you know, the players are out in the field and they come back to the dugout. And then that's where they're waiting, whether you're a backup player or you're a sub player or you're going to into the game later, you're in the dugout. But really where I want to bring our attention is not just the dugout where the players go in between innings and those types of things and they're waiting to bat or they're waiting to get into the field. But there's another place that houses players on a baseball diamond, and that's the bullpen. You guys know where the bullpen is? It changes throughout different stadiums. And growing up, when I went to baseball games, we could go down and we could watch those pitchers warm up. And the bullpen was just kind of on the side of the field. And it was pretty amazing because at any given moment, if you've watched some baseball, it could be the first inning. If that starting pitcher is not, if he's getting rocked, he's getting hit, the manager is going to send a call down to where? The bullpen. Hey, I need you to get a pitcher up. He talks to the bullpen manager. I need you to get the pitcher up and get him ready. At any given moment, the manager could call down to the bullpen, and he would want to get a pitcher up and ready to come into the game. That's what it's like for us, church. We are essentially, the game is happening, the life and faith, the game is happening, and the Holy Spirit's going to give you a call. Hey, it's time. Get up. Start warming up. Maybe you're a righty. Maybe you're a lefty. Maybe you throw the heat. I feel like you throw the heat, right? You throw the heat. Maybe you're a specialty pitcher. But that's where the, the relief pitchers or the backup pitchers, the, you didn't start the game, but you are ready when your number is about to get called and you're ready to get into the game. I want to give us a, a quick eye test this morning. Some of you might need to put your glasses on right now. I'm just kidding. But here's an eye test that I want to give you, and this is the eye test. I'm going to give you the instructions, because there's going to be an image that pops up on the screen in just a moment, and I I need you to be ready for this test. And so if you see yellow, you're normal. You're normal. Average, average, not average, but you're just normal. You're seeing this, you're like, okay, if I see yellow, I'm normal. You see red, please go to see a doctor. Like, you may need your spouse to elbow you. Hey, if you're seeing red, tell me, be honest, come on. If you're seeing blue, you should be serving in the church. Are you guys ready? Let's see the image. Let's see the image. Let's see the image. Come on. Come on. How many of you saw something other than blue? 
We have a special place for you in kids' ministry this week. <laughs> no, all joking aside, we are called to serve. We have to chase this calling of serving. There are different passages that talk about this, but specifically this morning, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'll give you a moment uh, to turn there. Start in verse 7. You don't have your physical Bible or your electronic Bible today. So many times I have to tell students to turn on your Bible and scroll over to. If you don't know how to do that, there's a teenager near you that will help you with your smartphone this morning. Right, First Peter chapter seven or chapter four, verse seven, let's get right into the word. The end of the world is coming soon, therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9, cheerfully share your home with those who are in need of a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you the gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself is speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God led me to this passage as I began to think about what does it mean to be called to serve. And, and, and really, there, I love what Peter is writing here because there is a, a sense of urgency. Even for Peter, as he's writing this in the early century, in the early church, he says, the end of the world is coming soon. Wow, Peter is writing that. The man who, who walked with Christ, who was in his ministry, who then saw his Savior ascend into heaven. He's writing this over 2,000 years ago. And now we're reading it and we're studying it. And, and, and shouldn't we have the same urgency he says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most importantly, continue to show the love, deep love for each other. See, he's, he's writing to the early Jewish Christians that have been spread out for many different reasons, persecutions, but Christians are spreading out throughout the land. And so Peter recognizes that, hey, I need to remind these new Christians of the hope that they have. And, and the joy, but also he's writing to challenge them. This is our message for each and every one of us today, that I, I pray that you would be encouraged. I pray that hope would settle into your heart, but also that you can be challenged by God's word today. Believer, non-believer, or even if you're still deciding about this whole thing called faith today. That we're all called to serve. The question that I want to ask you this morning is, will you answer that call? The call to serve. The Christian life produces praise. It's, it's, it has vigilance, prayerfulness, Christian love, hospitality, lack of grumbling. Somebody just got elbowed right now. Faithful stewardship of what God has given. Faithful use of God's gift in serving him 
will cause God to be glorified and praised through Jesus Christ. This praise will last forever and ever and should also be the current aim of every Christian, every single one of us. So let me ask you the hard question. You've probably been waiting. When is he going to ask this question? Are you serving? Are you chasing and pursuing that part of the calling that Christ is calling us to? If so, thank you. Praise God. And it's not just this morning. I, I know that, that, that as a church staff member, as a church leader, yes, we have this, this need for, for serving at the church, I do point that out absolutely every week. We couldn't do it without our volunteers. We wouldn't be able to have church without our volunteers and service. But also serving, again, it's chasing your and our. Maybe there's also a, a greater calling to serve that, that God is placing on your heart. Will you answer that? Are you serving maybe in the community, at home, at work, and around the world? But if you're not serving... Why not? Why not? Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Wow. Our, our, our acts, our, our good deeds, our serving. It says that everyone, believer, non-believer, will give praise to our heavenly Father. This is why we were created, church. We're created for unity. We're created to run this race of life with perseverance and endurance. We're created for, to pursue holiness, to be set apart. We're created to chase this calling of worship. We're also created to honor God in our serving. So maybe this morning you're you're a little bit on the fence and, and maybe you haven't been willing to get into the game because you're like, Pastor Lance, I don't know what my gifts are. Can I, can I challenge you to begin praying this way? Pray to make yourself available. Have you, have you spent time recently in your prayer life saying, God, where do you need me? Because the first step for us is a step of obedience. It's a step of willingness to step out and say, God, where do you need me? I want you to plug me in. Serving is is not a one-size-fits-all type of thing. We see that as Peter breaks that down in verse 10 and 11 when he just gives a couple of examples. But he says that God has given you a variety of, of gifts. Is it speaking? I can tell you right now, that's not my wife's gift. I call her the silent minister because she can talk and have intimate, quiet conversations with teenagers and young adults off to the side that, that I would never get a chance to possibly do. But because she's a little more quiet, because many people are like, Pastor Lance, you're talking a little loud for this Private conversation. <laughs> so my brother has like this little signal. So if we're ever out having coffee and I'm getting a little out, you just go. <laughs> it means the volume's just getting, you know, like, you know, man, you just get excited about life and things. And 
the symbol. <laughs> Volume's a little high. But speak as though you are speaking for God. Maybe it is speaking. Maybe it's helping others. Then he says, do it with all the strength that God will supply to strengthen energy. But Paul expounds upon it even more. Where do we turn when we need to discover what maybe our, our spiritual giftings are or, or where God has gifted us? Romans chapter 12, 6 and 8, 6 through 8. In his grace, so abundantly, God has given us different gifts for, for doing certain things well. That's, that's again, that's that phrase again, doing it well, serving others well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If he's given you the gift in serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it's giving generously, if it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take it, the responsibility, seriously. If he's given you the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Paul would later expound upon that in, in writing to the church in Corinth. He would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 8, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or yet another spirit. Still another person, he's given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So much of our focus, before we take that step of obedience or before we make ourselves available, we're like, well, well shouldn't I know what my, my gifting is before I step in and start serving? It, it's, it's not so much about as you begin to, to step into serving, as you begin to step into different ministries or different areas, I could probably take a poll of so many of the people who are serving right now, and they would say, I never would have known I would have enjoyed this area. <laughs> some, we, have, we have some people who are CEOs of banks. Others are kindergarten teachers. <laughs> Wide variety. But yet some are serving in an area where you may see them. Others are serving behind doors or behind cameras or different areas. And you may never see them on a Sunday or a Wednesday or throughout the week, but they're here faithfully serving. So don't get hung up on whether you completely understand what your gifting or your talents or abilities are just yet. It's about being ready to get in the game when you're called upon. See, the, the thing about it is, when going back to that baseball analogy and, and the, the relief pitchers or the extra pitchers that are waiting in the bullpen, each of them is not looking at the other guy that, man, I wish I could throw the fastball like you. Oh, man, man, you have such command over your curve. I wish I could do that. See, oftentimes we're, we're, we're staring and looking at other people's gifts, but I had a U.S. history teacher that said and reminded me, 
He says, you don't want my blessing, Lance. You don't know what I had to go through to, to, to arrive at this place in my life and what God has done in me and through me to arrive there. See, God has brought you through a season of life, or whether it's your experience and your Bible study time and your seeking through his word and your discipline that you're waking up every day. See, this is not about, you know, you can admire, hey, man, great, you, man, you're incredible. And maybe that's the, the word of encouragement that somebody around you, for some of you who are serving already, you are the greatest recruiter. Because you know what it's like to be in the trenches. You know what it's like to be serving or standing out there waving and sweating. <laughs> and you're like, man, I know somebody else who likes standing there waving and sweating. <laughs> Let me recruit them today. The call to serve starts with an obedient willingness. Serving, no matter what the capacity is, and using your gifts that God has so graciously given us, it starts with that obedient prayer, that willingness to say, God, I am available. Where do you need me today? Because when we do that, when we're, when we're willing to step in obedience, we are now living out our faith in a very practical way. Because practical help paves the way for eternal hope. It absolutely does. When we meet the need, great, deep love covers a multitude of sins, Peter said. We start doing that by serving. The practical way that I want this to get in your mind so that it kind of meshes up for you to understand. Think about it as a waiter or a waitress that comes to your table. That's the serving that we're talking about. And think about it, that server is coming and they're bringing your water and bringing your food. They're, they're doing, hopefully, because <laughs> that, that's the, their, their job, that they're doing it joyfully because they're earning a paycheck. And the same way for us, we're doing it. Why? We're serving because we're bringing glory to God so that everyone would see it and want to honor God. That's this practical way. I want to say it again this morning. You can't serve God without serving others. I hope that you really, truly, earnestly believe that, that that it's deep down. It's not just something that's on the wall in the lobby, but it, it is married up into your heart today. Great baseball player Cal Ripken said it this way. Get in the game. Do the best that you can. Try to make a contribution. Learn from today and apply it to tomorrow. Are you ready, church? Are you ready to get in the game? Are you ready to answer that call when your number is called and our great coach, Jesus, says, hey, I, I need you right here. I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm ready. I need, I need to warm up more. I need to work on my skills. No, 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 no. I, I, I need you right now, specifically. And when you prayerfully and humbly, will you pray that prayer with me this week? God, where, where do you need me? 
There's a, a passage that I want to close out reading for us today that, that really helps us approach this idea of obedient willingness. And it's the call of Samuel. And it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there was not many visions. But one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying there in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And then he runs to Eli and said, Here I am. Did you call me? But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and he he laid down. And again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not know the Lord And the word of God had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. You called me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid back down in his place. Verse 10. The Lord came and stood there calling as he had done the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Will you be like Samuel today, church? The Lord is going to call you. And will you step into obedient willingness? Will you say, God, where do you need me today? Where do you need me this week? Can you say that prayer today? Speak, for your servant is listening. Let me pray for you, church. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word today and how it's convicting and how it's challenging us. But but I think every single one of us, Lord, wants to, to answer that call the call to serve, the call to be obedient, the the call to be willing to step into the place of the greatest need. Because God, when we are obedient and we're, we're willing and we're serving, God, you get the glory, you get the honor. Thank you so much for your faithfulness, God, to, to call us. For us to be, to be used by you truly is one of the highest honors. Lord, that just as Jesus said, that the world will, will know that we are your disciples by the love that we show, the love that we give. Lord, we're reminded, as Peter said, Lord, the end of the world is coming soon. No better time like the present, Lord. God, let that be our prayer this morning. God, where 
do you need me? Where is the greatest need right now in the church, in my community? God, speak, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 